Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! Welcome to Old Walls House. It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's Old Walls. I'm back with you, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 93, coming your way of Old Walls House. So, uh, as always, I just want to say thank you to everybody for watching, uh, listening, uh, hanging out. I appreciate you guys so much. So, thank you very much. Hope you're enjoying it. I'm having a blast. Hopefully, you are too. Um, as always, if you guys could, please rate, review, comment, subscribe, share. Just let somebody know about Old Wall's House. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, it goes a long way. So thank you very much. Um, uh, I just want to you know, also say thank you to Producer Kevy, as always. Gets, uh, gets the show on the road for us. Uh, fun show coming up. Um, we got uh, a, a number of guests here this week. First off, the, the Gordon brothers are going to talk some hockey with us. Uh, the Flyers have kicked off their season. Uh, kind of what to expect, what to think. We touch on a couple other things, a little Phillies, a little Eagles, you know, along the way. And uh, we have an appearance from the roommate making her first appearance on video. We did one of the uh, guest the logos for the uh, the NHL. Uh, so so that was fun as well to see her struggle on that. You know, we were going to do the NFL, but she was too fucking good at it. It wouldn't have been any fun to laugh at her. So uh, we just had to settle for this. Um, you know, before we get to all that, though, let's do a quick ad. A little quick ad read, as they say. Um, you know, Liquid IV, it's not just hydration for people training for championships and marathons. You know, sometimes after a night of a little too many of these, you, you need to refuel a little bit. Um, so proper functional hydration is essential. And Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration product is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Hydration multiplier is the one product, guys. I misspoke. Um, I like to use it first thing in the morning. Uh, do it before I work out everything, just get it going. Uh, my favorite part about it, it comes in very, very easy to use packs, dump it in. 16 ounces of water uh, with your liquid IV, all the great flavors, one stick, mix it with your water, hydrates two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. It's better than, uh, it's got three times the electrolytes of sports drinks, five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, non-GMO, free from gluten, soy, and dairy. So, you know, you get all that good stuff going on. And Liquid IVs donating a bunch of water, 39 million servings to over 50 plus countries. So here's what you do. You want 20% off, you go to liquidiv.com or you go to the link in the show notes, link in the show notes, get yourself 20% off by using promo code OWH, O for old, W for walls, H for house. Get it done. 20% off, liquidiv.com, promo code OWH. Let's get to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Gordon brothers are back. T-Man and H-Man uh, here with us. Troy and Hunter. I mean, I see one of us is going T-Man, one of us is going real name over here. So we'll uh, we'll accommodate both there. Uh, Troy, Hunter, uh, good to have you guys back. Uh, how are things? Uh, you know, big, a uh, lot happening in your guys' Philly sports world. So uh, how are we feeling about all this? Yeah, it's good Good to be back. I mean, finally gotten over, I think, the Ryder Cup. Defeat since the last we time we were on. We talk but, about that, but but um, yeah, we haven't talked to any hockey really in a while. I think it was February, so looking forward to getting back in the swing. But obviously, the Phillies are kind of front and center right now, so I'm sure we'll talk a bit about that too. 
Yeah, we kind of punted on the back half of the uh, hockey season last year. (laughs) Sorry, cut you off, H-Man. No, I said baseball's the talk of the town now. You guys want to start there? With, well, why don't we start with your Phillies while we're we're kind of mentioning you guys? What do you guys think? Game one here in what are we about fifty minutes away? Uh, what? How you guys feeling? How you guys feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, I, they're they're just a fucking team, man. I get they're a fun to watch, and I think they're just so likable. Like I'm talking to my dad about it, and we were like, I I feel like you could have someone over on the team for like dinner at your house and you just like know them and just be like hanging out with one of the boys like this team's just awesome to watch they're they're a lot of fun they're playing they're playing real good baseball like it's cool that they have home field advantage obviously you hear people talk about that that it it matters and you see it on tv when you watch it or if you've ever been there like it's wild when you're there so looking forward to it it's always it's fun watching your team go on a run and um yeah it's, it's been fun they're never out of it either. I mean, there's been a couple of games. I mean, even the regular season, maybe down a couple of runs, but they're just never out of games. So they have all that hitting power. They got everyone top to bottom in that lineup pretty much can hit a home run. Um, you know, it's with the exception of a few people, but you know, whenever Schwarber's at the plate, Harper, you know, those guys, it's like, they're, they're just never out of a game. It's, it's great. They are a very fun team to watch. Like, like you said, the, the hitting power, like you got Trey Turner, you got Harper, you got Schwarber. Like it feels like, yeah, you want to like keep your eye on it. Like you don't want to turn away. It's it's very enjoyable to watch. And um, even like that Alex Bomb guy, he had some some fucking blasts. Mm-hmm. Castiano was hitting bombs. Brandon Marsh has the sickest <laughs> hair and beard combo in the league. Um, so that's fun. Who do they got going tonight? Zach Wheeler tonight. Wheels. Okay. And then Good. Zach Gallon. So, for the, oh, yeah, for he's the pretty D-back. good, right? Yeah, there's been some sh- stuff coming out of, <laughs> on him. I guess he's from Jersey, um, and I guess he grew up a Cowboys fan. So they like all the these Philly accounts <laughs> that I that I follow. They were just like, they're like, they yeah, we gotta him. let this guy have it tonight. So oh, away from away from the good notes of Philly, you guys wanna. You guys got anything to say about your fucking Eagles yesterday cost me money because they can't beat the goddamn Jets? Yeah, it cost cost me money too. We were actually I was actually watching with my father in law who's a Jets fan. So we were at their house and That sounds um, awful. And he uh he, he's I mean, he's been a Jet fan his entire life and was pretty yeah. crushed when Rogers went out, obviously, but um so he like doesn't wear Jet shit anymore because he's so down on the team. <laughs> and he was talking yesterday, he's like Eagles have never lost to the Jets, 12-0, and 0, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the game, he just had this shit-eating grin. <laughs> he didn't even say anything. He just had the shit-eating grin. But, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch with him, obviously. But, damn, they they blew one. I mean, you're going to lose a game now, like, eventually. But, jeez, to do it like that. And, and they have a tough schedule coming up, real tough. Yeah, they have Miami next Sunday night. Oh, mix in a couple games against Dallas and San Fran and Buffalo. I mean, it's not not an easy stretch for them here coming up. Is that who they're playing? Like coming up? Yeah, yeah. They have Miami. Hunter, you said what? So they play. Yeah. So they play. They got to go to Seattle. Yeah. Play Miami. Then they go to the Commanders. (laughs) And they host the Cowboys at the Chiefs. Host the Bills. Host the Niners at Dallas at Seattle. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, if you come out of that 500, he's like, I don't know. That's why, that's why 
I mean, to just kind of piss yesterday away. Yeah. Not good. I mean, those are like, those are eight games. Yeah. If they come out of that 500 is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. But that's gotta be the toughest stretch any team has in the schedule this year. Unless the chiefs might have something pretty rough. Anytime you get like the, like the number one schedule. Yeah. Once you win. Yeah. You got the, yeah. And like after the Eagles, they were they sucked for that one year, so then they got an easier schedule. Like, yeah, playing the they, like third and fourth place schedule, it lines up the uh, <laughs> the year a whole lot better than having to play the number one schedules. And the killer is that, like, all these games are they play so many primetime games. It's like there's a tough like they're fun to watch, but geez, you get a Sunday night game after boozing all day, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> just wake up and like when game's over, and it's like, yeah, did they win? Dude, tell me about it. I've done it for like backers <laughs> with Rodgers. Like it's been my life for like the last twelve years. Like this is the first time like that the Packers haven't been like darn near maxed out on their primetime games. Yeah, and it's fucking fantastic. Like the game's on at you know noon or three o'clock. It's fucking great. Yeah, you wait yeah. till seven o'clock, eight o'clock on the East Coast. I mean, shit, they don't start till like eight thirty on Sunday night. It's fucking midnight before you go to bed. And like I said, especially you've been boozing all day. You get to the end of the game, you're like, you wake up the next morning, you're like, fuck, what happened? Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing now with these baseball games, because, I mean, first pitch tonight's, I think, at 8.07 East. Mm-hmm. And, like, even even pitch clock now in the playoffs with all the matchups and all this stuff, the games are still three hours plus. And then these ones you got back-to-back, so it's like, fuck, we got to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I saw somebody complaining. They're like, oh, we hate the 5 o'clock starts. I was like, I fucking love oh, the 5 o'clock starts. That was great. The game gets over. You can, like, kind of wrap your fucking shit up and go to bed at a decent hour. <laughs> yep. Then it's, yeah, you know, well. game gets over at 11 and you just limp it into work tomorrow morning. You're like, oh. <laughs> Especially if it was, like, a big win and you're, like, kind of all hyped up. You're like, ooh, fucking, it's a celebratory <laughs> beer, too. <laughs> yeah, well, someday... Someday we'll get to experience a, a playoff run, I think, in hockey together, but it's certainly not going to be this year if we want to get into the... Yeah, let's dive into it. So we had no uh, no high hopes for the uh, the Flyers again this year uh, from you, it doesn't seem. No, I mean, before you and I were chatting, so they currently have the second worst odds to win the Stanley Cup at plus 15,000. So I'm not sure if that's quite a... Safe bet. I'm not sure if you took that, Hunter. I know we, we like to mess around with futures, but that's something you're taking. I did not. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, who, who, who was the NFL? The Coyotes? Uh, uh, we got Montreal, Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago at plus 20,000. Okay. The Coyotes are plus 10,000. So wow. maybe, a val- maybe some value there. <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> Fucking worse odds than the Coyotes. Yeah, I mean, regards to the Flyers, you know, who who's the uh the NFL head coach there? Was, they are who we thought they were, you know? Yeah. It's the same situation here, you know, like we know who this Flyers team is gonna be, right? There, but for the most part, they're a bunch of young kids. I think the average age of the team is twenty six. Um, as far as veterans go, you have, you know, Nick Delorier, Mark Stahl, and Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, and the latter of those two haven't played in over a full year. Uh, 
So it's if you're looking for guys who have playoff experience to lead the team, this isn't it. I know, I know Couturier has been to the playoffs a handful of times, three or four times throughout his career. Atkinson has been there a couple times. But in terms of guys who have actually made a deep run into the playoffs, Mark Stahl has been the only one to do it. And he's sitting at 36 years old, I think. So he's going to be kind of like what Justin Braun was the past couple of years. They're going to make him as serviceable as they can and probably deal him at or before the deadline. I mean, that, that's what we're looking at with those veteran guys. I mean, there's just no way they're sticking around for for the full year. I, I don't think, you know, a lot of them are going to become trade pieces to keep building for the future around these uh, group of young guys. Yeah, but a, a lot has happened, I think, since the last time we talked. I, mean, we, I think we talked, we were on the road with the squad back in February. I think it was mm-hmm. the the trade deadline and the Flyers really kind of mucked that up. And, you know, you know, they got rid of Chuck Fletcher, brought in, um, you know, Danny Briere is a GM. So kind of a younger guy, you know, we grew up watching him um, in the 2000, 2010s when the Flyers were making it seems runs. like a real change in attitude in the organization as a whole. Well, yeah, it's, it's the new, new era of orange, baby. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, all of that's like, I, I don't know. And, Obviously, you haven't been following as much as we have, but like, as you know, there was a time where we didn't miss a game. Like, we would, like, I would blow off all sorts of shit to just watch the Flyers. And like, in that, over the past couple of years, that's kind of died with the team kind of being not, not as good on the ice, but also like, they did the whole gritty thing and just the leadership changed and the, just the feeling around the whole team has changed. And, and I, I think, you know, they have the right people in place now. Like, Keith Jones is as passionate as you can get for someone, you know, you're looking to lead the franchise and, and do the right things and say the right things. And he I don't was know. The guy I, who was the announcer, right? Yeah. He, he worked for NBC sports for a while, but um, I mean, I, mean I, th- I think they have the right people in place. And like, if this type of thing can work, they would go down as, you know, one of the great Philadelphia sports teams ever, if they can get it done, which, you know, people that I follow and, you know, cover the team and are on the inside, they seem to think that, you know, they have the right things in place, but you know, it's going to be a rough at least this year and probably next year before they're in any sort of serious playoff contention. I would say, I was going to say, is there even like a a hope that next year it's like, Oh, they make a Cinderella run at the playoffs or is that, it's too, there's a lot going to happen between now and then obviously, but sure. I mean, maybe they squeak in next year. I mean, you never know. I mean, with, Shit, half the conference makes the playoffs, right? You just have to get around five hundred. Yeah, hockey five hundred. You know, <laughs> with, with all those with all those with overtime all games, right? Yeah, you were saying like how young they were. I just counted and I forgot. It was like eleven people on the team were born after nineteen ninety nine. Like nineteen ninety nine was just a good number for me to pick here. And then there were like six or seven born in the two thousands. Like this is. Like, very young, which is, I guess, good, because at points last year, it almost, there were like uh, there was, like, some age to the team, like, still around, and it's like, oh, man, this is a bad spot to be. Like, we're bad and kind of old. Like, that's that that's a bad recipe. I mean, I'm an idiot when it comes to hockey, but that's a bad recipe in any sport. So, at least it seems like, hey, maybe these aren't the guys, but it's a step in the the right direction. Yeah, I mean, certainly this year they're going to let the kids play, and that's something that 
a lot of a lot of the fan base has been talking about for a couple of years, just letting the the guys that have been drafted earn a spot, so to speak, and just kind of get their chance at things. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, like, guys that you've heard, like, a lot of Owen Tippett this year, right? A lot of Cam York. Like, those guys are going to play a lot more, like, serious ice time than they had seen in the last year or so, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. What's the deal with Ryan Ellis? Is he is he back now? Or no, nah, he'll he... never play again. Okay, I was going to say, I see him on the lineup, but then I remembered he wasn't on the active lineup the other yeah. day. And they're they're on they're it's weird with him. They kind of tell you what's going on, but I, I mean I think he's having trouble like everyday life with what he's going on. He's got back issues or hip issues, something like that. So yeah, he'll he'll probably never play. Go down as one of the greatest flyers ever. I think two goals, two games, or or two games, <laughs> two points, points, or something. <laughs> Four points, two games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, they did a stat on it. His points per game ranks him like first or second all time among all Flyers players. I mean, obviously he only played four games, but his points per game average was, I think the, maybe the only person to beat him out was Lindros or something like that, or maybe Bobby Clark, but he was, he was up there. It was kind of funny. I mean, it's too bad. He's only, it's only 32, just, yeah, January yeah, of ninety one. So yeah, that's I mean that's too bad to have, have shit end like that. But I mean they did get a couple guys back that you know they lost essentially all of last year and then all of last year fully is Couturier and Atkinson. So I mean there's at least like there's at least some semblance of offense being provided between those two. Like because I mean there were stretches last year when these guys were on offense where you're like Jesus Christ, I might be better <laughs> off just you know just dumping it down to the zone and just retreating back to defense because nothing good is happening when when you guys have the puck in the zone, if you even can get it in the zone. Yeah, I mean, having Atkinson, he at least provides some, like, offensive spark, like you said, you know. You know, you your first year, I think, watching was when he came onto the scene with the Flyers yep. and took off, you know, in a, in a promising way. I think he way. had a great start to the year. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, at least yeah, he'll provide some spark up there. Hopefully, score some goals. I don't. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Hunter? Do you think he's a guy they look to move? I mean, we. I mean, if you're a playoff contender, you're looking to add anyone who can some sort of value to your team. So I mean, you look at the the Flyers roster. I mean, the main guys to me that jump out are Couturier, Atkinson. Um, and on the back end, Mark Stahl, uh, even uh, what's that? What's that guy? Sean Walker, right? They added him over the mm -hmm. off season. He's he's been in the league for five or six years. He's twenty eight years old, I think, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think those are definitely the key pieces that you want to look to move if they have a have a good start to the year, especially. But back I mean, in I, I under contract, off limits, but. It also depends. I mean, I I think Couturier might have a no trade clause in there, um, or at least he, a Couturier is under contract through twenty twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> with with his injury history too, no one's going to want to pick up that contract unless there's some type of other deal that goes along with it, whether it's draft picks or. But I mean, the Flyers, oh, sorry. They are, they're, they're not going to want to look to give away draft picks. So he's pretty much he's stuck. under contract through twenty thirty. 
Yeah. <laughs> there there's you go, little, Chuck. There's a little arrow that, that adds on to the end of that. Um, yeah, under contract till 2030. So, what, seven, six more years for a guy who's already 30 years old? Jesus. And had two uh, neck surgeries. Yeah, Atkinson's under contract until the end of 2025. So, you know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if he has a good start, someone would probably want him. Same same goes with Travis Connecting. I don't know if he survives the year with him as much as I like the guy. Um, and as much as, you know, a couple of years ago when he burst onto the scene, he looked like he was going to be like a staple of the, you know, of the franchise. But I don't I, I would say I would think those two guys probably get moved in January, February and, and go to a playoff contender and hopefully can bring some bring some things back. Um, and, you know, they're. They're, especially Atkinson's at a weird age, right? He's 34. He doesn't really mm-hmm. fit into the timeline of the team. So, um, And then it de- when it comes down to connecting, it depends on what they, I think, want to do with him. He's 26. They s- yeah, 26. So, I mean, if you line that up with – so we didn't even talk about uh, Mishkov, their draft pick. The Ruski, as much as it will pain me. I, I, actually, I, I don't care if the whole team was Russians – if they win a Stanley Cup, I don't really give a shit at, at this point in my life. But, um, I mean, he's not going to be here until 26, I think. Yeah, 26. So he's got three more years. So at that point, Konechny's 30 almost. Ah, I don't know how that I don't know how that fits in. But go, like we so said go earlier. Over, go over the deal with Mishkov and how all that works because he's playing in Russia. Like he has to finish out a contract <laughs> over there, correct? Yeah, I I don't know the whole inner workings of it, but whatever kind of bullshit they have going on in the Russian leagues, I think he signed so young, right? And they probably offered him suitcases full of cash, among other things, I bet. But <laughs> um, so he, yeah, so he's under contract. So the only way he could come over here is, I think, is he if he like defects, right? And then he probably shouldn't ever really go back to Russia. So I don't know if he really wants to do that, but. Um, yeah, yeah, the thing I'm reading says he still has a, when he tried to do that. Yeah, the thing I'm reading says he still has a three-year contract with SKA Saint Petersburg. Yeah, yeah, and the and the so the Russian equivalent to the NHL is the KHL, but um, but yeah, he's supposed to be the real deal. I mean, he's only 18 years old now, but he's playing in the second best league in the world, and I see highlights and stuff of him, you know, doing some things here and there. But yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, they said that he's any other year without all the you know, other geopolitical bullshit going on. He, you know, would be a top two pick probably, and he fell to the Flyers at seven. So be interesting. I mean, the Flyers have, you know, a superstar in the horizon, so that's something we haven't had in the last 10 years or so. So So, interesting. The the idea then is, you know, so that's 2026 he's here. Right. So, I mean, the idea is get geared up around him probably, right? Correct. That's the whole because he'll be he'll be seasoned as well, right? He'll be matured. He'll be what twenty two years old at that point. So he'll be like coming into his prime. And you know, obviously the Flyers will keep a very you know tight look on him. They probably have guys over there in Russia and scouts and stuff that are meeting with him. So they'll kind of control, I think, a lot of his development. So you know, hopefully by the time he does come over here, he's kind of ready to go, and they're got the rest of the team in place and. Yeah, we're talking about a much better hockey team than Old Walls 2026. 
just a just a few years away. The 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 future is bright, right around the corner. Three more years. Um, yeah, it's been saying that for like ten years. <laughs> well, they were a playoff team in twenty twenty, right? Yeah, but that was they with were. the goofy. That was with the goofy COVID rule. Like oh, they okay. they had the yeah. the modified playoff format or whatever it was, and yeah, that was. That was but right before right before the Rona hit, they were they, they were the were... hottest team in the league. Yeah, they were. And then what? The, uh, what? They were off for like what three months, like all the others, three or four months, like all the other sports I'd imagine, right? Yeah. So what was it? March, like right around St. Patrick's Day, and then they came back end of July. So about three, almost four half, months. Yeah, three and a half four months. Yeah. Any um, any chance to deal Carter Hart? Do we think that's on the table? I mean, he's only got one more year. He's a restricted free agent next year, not unrestricted. So, like, I'm not exactly sure on the hockey rules, but, I mean, there's some sort of way to keep him um, They're for that year. The goalie factor right now. They've got Carter Hart, Sam Erson, Felix Sandstrom. I think they, they drafted another guy um, or two more guys maybe, but there were, there were rumors floating around over the summer over hockey Canada investigation of a sexual assault from the world junior team, Canada world junior team that supposedly there were again, rumors just that he might've been involved in that. So a a lot of talk was going through the fan base saying, you know, whenever something, whenever news would break about that investigation, they're like, Oh, it's Carter Hart. It's Carter Hart. You know, he removed everything, flyers from his Instagram, all of his profile pictures and stuff. He changed them. He He's going to get arrested or something like that. But, you know, nothing's come of it. But Yeah, that was a strange situation. I mean, news is going to come out, right? Like, at some point on that whole Hockey Canada thing. So, I don't know. He, I don't know. You can read into it as much as you want. But, I mean, he's one of the guys that didn't explicitly come out and say he wasn't involved so like there's a lot of speculation there and that's all it is is speculation but i don't yeah i don't know i mean who knows it could be a situation like trevor bauer was involved in right he didn't he didn't really say anything for two years and all of a sudden he comes out after the courts you know get everything sealed up and they're like hey he goes here's the real deal way to bring the q angle hunter (laughs) dude you know i'm all about that q we only bring H Man on for the Q, and he's been disappointing us previously. So he finally brought the Q for us. I I but. would think I think Carter Hart could get Dell. I mean, I I kind of hope he hope he does. I mean, I again, he does he really fit into the? I mean, he's also twenty five, right? So you give him three more years, he's twenty eight, turning twenty nine. Is that kind of? Yeah, what's the uh, age range on a on a goalie? Obviously, one of the more taxing positions because you're playing a lot. Like, yeah, I mean, right now is his prime, right? Like, the next probably three to four years is when you would think he should be his best. So, I mean, like, for his for for his sake, and he's been on such bad teams, right? The Flyers have been bad defensively, and like let up a lot of scoring chances, and are terrible in their own own end up until like last year. So, like, if you look at his numbers with the Flyers, right, and if you put him on a team that plays better in front of him, limits chances, lets up less shots, he looks like in a much better goalie. So, I feel like for his sake, I, I kind of hope they do get rid of him and um, see what the other guys for the Flyers have. And, and it, like like you said, focus four, four years down the line. And I guess it could all, like, if there's a, a you know, a team that's looking like a, a 
contender and their goalie gets hurt, I mean, that could, you know, change the, the trade value on them like a ton. Like if there's a, a team in the top four at either, either conference and, you know, their starting goalie goes down with an injury and they kind of got to platoon it the way through the rest of the way, like I would imagine his value goes up immensely. And, you know, maybe at that time you can, you can gain a little stuff. What do the draft picks look like going forward? I see, I think I'm looking at it. It looks like they got, they've got a first rounder in all the next three years, and they've got two first rounders next year. Um, one of which from the Panthers. That must have been from the Giroux deal. Yes. Yeah. One of them came back with Tippett. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if you solely look at the odds, people think the Flyers are going to be pretty far down at the bottom this year, right? So, um, you know, probably top three next year, I would say. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't really follow the advanced scouting and things. There's not a name out there like uh, Connor Bedard this year. But, I mean, anytime you get a pick in the top three, right, you have a chance of landing someone that's pretty damn good. So um, I know, obviously, that's the – that's the plan for management, right? They don't expect this team to win a lot. So, um, and then it, yeah, it all comes down to hitting on that draft pick. I mean, they've got the Blue Jackets second rounder in 2024 too. So, I mean, they're going to have four first round picks and the Blue Jackets are supposed to be bad again this year, right? Yeah, they shouldn't be very good. They'll be so, doing I mean, it out with the Flyers for last. They in the probably conference. should have four picks in the first, you know, 40 to 50 picks. Worst case scenario, you know, probably worst case scenario, best case scenario, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, I guess that should be that should be good. That should help. Yeah. So, like you said, next year they'll have two first, and then a, a second. Yeah. I mean, you, it, I mean, hockey's such a crapshoot, right? It's not like college football where you're drafting these kids that are, you know, have played on the big stage and you mm -hmm. watch them every Saturday, right, for at least two years. Um, you know, you're talking about kids that are 18, and then very few of them make the jump immediately. The ones that do are very good. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You, you just got to hit those guys, and they haven't in the past. So yep. going back to, you know, the draft next year, you, you said they got a um, that second-round pick from Columbus. It's a conditional pick. So after the first uh -huh. round – is complete of the 2024 draft, Columbus gets to choose whether uh, the, that second round pick that they send to Philly is from the 2024 draft or the 2025 draft. So if Columbus uh -huh. sees someone in the second round that they want to take, they can decide, uh, we're going to give you the 2025 pick instead of this year's pick. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. How's the, uh, I think I'm on the right website. That's not a key angle. You sure? <laughs> I don't know. That sure, sounds that's pretty cute. Cat to me. friendly. Cat friendly never lies. <laughs> oh, I'm on cat friendly. There we go. All right. Is this Shout for the out next cat friendly? Shout is this out the cat next friendly. year? Good plug. I think we're going year year. Is this saying next year they should have 19 million? Yeah, yeah. They should have 19 million in projected cap space. That seems good. I mean, top end contracts in the NHL are what? You know, 10, 10, 12 million? Like for your best guys? Yeah, for your yeah. superstars. I mean, what's the highest contract we got? Seven and a half. So, okay, so yeah, fuck nineteen million. That's you. You can wheel and deal with that. Yeah, I mean Jesus, they have nobody 
under contract when you start to get now to 2025, 2026. I mean, there's so, only seven yeah. guys under contract at that point. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's the way they, they want to keep it. Right. So yeah, they're able to look at these young kids and, you know, they'll evaluate them this year and be like, Hey, is Bobby Brink part of it moving forward? Is Tyson Forster part of it moving forward? And if not, they, you know, kind of start all over. I, I think it's a big year for Owen Tippett too. Um, I mean, yeah, they're going to decide whether if, whether they think he's part of it or, or not. So, I mean, that's going to be the interesting part to me about watching, right? It's not going to be, you know, if they're winning or losing because they're going to be doing quite a bit of losing, I think. Um, it's just going to be, you know, hopefully there's a few guys on this team who are part of it in five years and we're talking about them making a run at it. So I was going to say, um, it's going to be like, who's who are we finding? Right. Because, I mean, you can write off names that, like, are just going to be gone. Like, you know, Couturier, Cam Atkinson, Hathaway, Delorier. Like, those guys are all gone on the offensive side, right? Like, they're just – their age doesn't work. I mean, you pointed out, like, there's a, there's a certain age range that these guys are gone in the next year or two at, at the most. Yeah, they're – So, it'll be – yeah, it's going to – They're loners. I mean – Delorier is just going to be around for a couple more years and beat the snot out of anyone who tries to take a shot at one of the younger kids. That's his only purpose. He's not there to put up, you know, 30, 40, 50 points. He's he's just there to be a nuisance and pretty much protect everyone else. Um, anything we're missing? Uh, what What is the rest of the NHL going to look like this year? The Bruins? They on the uh, revenge trail? They gonna They're going to fuck it up and blow it again? Like, what, what are we looking for in the rest of the rest of the league. H-Man? Uh, I think it's going to be pretty much most of the same as we saw last year. Um, I know the favorites, obviously Vegas, and I think, you know, Carolina to, to go back and make it. But, um, you know, Toronto is going to be another strong team this year. Uh, you know, Boston again. Kind of, they're they're on the on the path. They're I think two and zero to start the year, two or three and zero. Um, two and zero at the moment. Yeah, it, I think that the top teams last year are going to continue to be on that trend this year. Um, Edmonton, you know, you look at Connor McJesus and Leon Dreisaitl. Those guys are going to keep putting the puck in the net and putting up insane amounts of points. But I don't even know. I don't think their goaltending and defense is strong enough to to get them a cup, to be honest with you. Goaltending, when it comes down to it in the Stanley Cup playoffs, goaltending will win you a championship. Edmonton doesn't have goaltending. They don't have the defense. McDavid can score 120 goals a year and put up 300 points, and it will not matter, I don't. What about this uh, Connor Bedard kid? A lot of I mean, they put up a wild stat on the, his first goal. They put up his goals, and then they put up Wayne Gretzky's goals. Like, yeah, I don't understand to... why they're doing that. The kid, the kid is so young. They're putting a ton of pressure on him already, and he's scored one NHL goal. Like, give the kid a break. Let him let him do what he needs to do. If he wants to make a name for himself, whatever. But don't don't keep. Don't keep him in the spotlight like that, or else you know, who knows what might happen. But he might be a bust. He might he might break his. He was leg making never, the media rounds. He was on fucking Pat McAfee the other day. Yeah, 
But if they're if they're going to be showing someone to break Wayne Gretzky's scoring record, it should be Ovechkin. He's the closest one to it. He's and like he's, closing in on it now, right? Oh he's, yeah, that's that's what I was like, going to say. That's going down, right? He's yeah, got that's... Have at least I think a forty goal season this year and a forty goal season next year, and he'll do it. I think he was he was within eighty or ninety or something like that. But he's he's close. I mean, and he's you know he's getting up there in age he's, too. He's a year older than Cross. He's seventy. He's seventy two away. Yeah. So like so what, I think he's gonna do it. That's gonna be that's gonna be incredible to watch. Like I, I can't wait for like the I mean like I think it'll get to the point. Remember when like Barry Bonds was going going yeah. for it and like anytime you'd be on anytime ESPN, it's like the, it cuts to it, right? So yeah, I mean he's what did I say, seventy two? Seventy two. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. And then he's at what what are the games? Fourteen. 1487 for Gretzky, 1348 for Ovechkin. So, yeah, he's got 139 games on Gretzky. So, I mean, almost two seasons. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a goal every other game if he plays. You know what's fucking laughable? And I, I know, like, good Gretzky records are fucking hilarious. Ovechkin, you know, has a great chance to pass him, and he's going to end up like twelve oh God, to thirteen hundred points. points less than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's insane. Because what is it? It's he's got more assists. Yeah, he's got more assists than anybody else has points. Yep. So he has forty-two more assists than Yarmir Yager has points. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So, um, Brent Gretzky played in the NHL. So him and Wayne Gretzky have the like most points for a brothers duo in the league, and Brent Gretzky has four points. <laughs> <laughs> Who who's like even next on that list? I don't know, but that's a, that's a stat they'll throw out every once in a while if brothers are playing against each other, like the Stahl brothers or whatever, like that, like. Damn, dude! Now you see what could have been if only we had, if only we had a shot. You could have outscored one of the Gretzkys, maybe. So yeah, I, so you know, I mean, if you not score so back to the goals thing. So Ovechkin has eight twenty-two. The next closest active player is Crosby with five fifty-three. Jesus. And then Stamkos has five seventeen. So like, yeah, Ovechkin Stamkos is is. Up there in age, right? Like, not super old, but... He's 30s, early 30s, I think. But yeah, Ovechkin will go down as the best, like, pure goal scorer probably of all time. Doesn't I he mean, just basically, like, by the time when they get on offense, he just, like, goes and stands in one spot, essentially? On like, the on the right side, so he can just hit left-handed, like, zingers oh, yeah. in there? He does He does quite a bit of that. We, uh... So I went to a game, Flyers-Caps game, kind of on the whim with my parents a few years ago, a bunch of years ago. I was still in college. Um, and we they were on a power play. And you know, Ovechkin does his thing, right? They get it into the zone. They get it settled. And he literally hangs out right at the top of the left face-off circle. And he doesn't move. He might he might make, like, small little circles and kind of just ever so slightly change his position. But he's literally there for the one-timer. That's it. That's it. And Washington was struggling to keep – you know, keep everything settled, and they couldn't get it. Couldn't get their power play set up. And he comes back to the bench. 
he gets on the bench, he's slamming his stick, looking at his players like they're on a fucking power play, guys. <laughs> yeah. But he I watched him for the entire power play and he literally did not move. He kept his stick parallel. He was just waiting for that one timer the entire time. My man also drank a lot of fucking liquor out of the Stanley Cup the year they won. Oh, yeah. He he like I mean, set, that may I, be a record too. Yeah, so that was what, twenty eighteen? <laughs> I feel like that kind of set the standard as for like partying when you won a championship, right? Like he was in the fountain in, in DC just doing <laughs> yeah. like snow angels and shit. He was going crazy. That was everyone, that was cool to see. Everyone remembers Oshi drinking the beer through his jersey, like putting it up over his head and drinking the beer over it. Oh, TJ Oshi when uh I, I always think of the, the fucking Olympics when he just they just kept running him back out there. Yeah, that was twenty fourteen. That was electric. I was listening to that on the radio. I had uh I was like going somewhere. I was like going to like Atlantic City. And uh I thought I was gonna be able to watch the game and it just kept going and kept going and kept going. I was like, fuck, I gotta leave. And <laughs> I found it on my radio and it was serious radio and I went through a tunnel at one point. And it was like TJ Oshi going in now. And then, like, I got to the other side of the tunnel, and I was like, "Ah, oh, he made it!" And I was like, "Holy shit, this is fucking sweet!" <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Um, anything else we need to cover with the Flyers? I mean, I feel like we kind of touched on it. It's it's kind of a simple situation. We're gonna suck. It, it, we're building for the future. Uh, you know, there's some pieces maybe here. There's some pieces abroad, and you know, a couple of years is is what we're gearing up for. If you're gonna bet on Flyers games, take the over. Yeah, you think we're going to give up some goals and maybe maybe find some of our own to to push it over? Yeah, I I'm just I'm staying the fuck away from them and betting cuz <laughs> I I don't know. I I still have a tough time even though I know they're going to lose, want them to lose to, you know, kind of to bet on the boost the, boost the rebuild. I I have a tough time betting on them to lose. Um still inside want to want to see him win. The the little kid fanboy is still in there that that makes me want to see him win, so um yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some games this year. Hopefully they can uh, show some some brighter signs for the future. And I think we have some trust in Keith Jones and Danny B to kind of make some make the right moves and, and bring us back to relevance here. So. Well, that's good. It, it seems to be a uh, a positive outlook now, even though there's, Much more. there's Much more. some shitty, shitty performances to come. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you echo that, H-Man? Yeah, I mean, I think... Danny Briere and Keith Jones will write the ship. And because when Chuck Fletcher was here, the organization as a whole kind of lost its identity. You know, the Flyers used to be a feared team across the entire league. No one wanted to play them. Um, and I think, I think Danny Briere will kind of get them back to where, where they were during his playing days. Back to relevancy. It's a new era of orange. We can end there. New era of <laughs> new orange. era of orange. Uh, did you want to talk about Liv? Were you serious when you sent me that text? <laughs> no, except except the one text I sent you what, on Saturday. I was like, could you imagine having to go the fuck over to Saudi right now to play golf? Fuck Those fucking idiots. I bet you they were just, yeah, just so happy to be over in Saudi Arabia Trilled playing to fucking there. golf. Yeah. Dumb no asses. world ranking points for them. Yeah, I did. I did like, so our boy Hunter Mayhem. Welcome on the pod anytime, I think, for, yeah. for your I sake. Mean, I've sent, Hunter, I've sent you a fucking Instagram message, buddy. You're, <laughs> I think you're down with H-Man in the queue, like, but, anytime. But, so when, um, I think it was Bryson tweeted out, 
or Xed out, whatever, posted on X, that he was, you know, the top mm-hmm. 20 live guys should get exemptions into the majors, blah, blah, blah. Hunter, Hunter Mahan was like, dude, you guys knew exactly what you were signing up for when you left, right? Don't don't try to walk it back now. Yeah, that's why I have no sympathy for these guys. And, like, it's like, what do you think the rest of golf was going to do? You, like, set it out to, like, make it your mission to, like, fucking destroy yeah. the way golf works. Like, what do you think everybody else is going to do? Just be like, yeah, fuck it all up and we'll just fucking cede to you guys. Like, of course they're going to fight back and try and fucking bury you guys. Like. Yeah, so, I mean, you have the guys on the, so the PGA Championship, right, if they've won, right, they can go, or if they've got the past exemptions, the Masters, yep. at this point, it's, like, if you've won, it's gonna gonna get there, and then the US Open, it's like, if you want to play, fucking go qualify or something, yeah. if you want. Yeah, and I mean, Bryson still has exemptions to all the majors from his, his, uh, his he won uh, in what, US 20? Open. Yeah, 20, so he's still got a couple more years. Like, Brooks is good now. And Brooks is, like, bitching. He's like, well, well, they don't count the majors. It's like, dude, there's a reason you guys got fucking boatloads of money to do this. It's like, because it's a fucking shitty situation. Mm-hmm. You have to t- hear everybody talk about how you're fucking taking blood money. And and, 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 <laughs> and this is basically them, like, admitting that no one gives a shit about what the fuck happens on the live tournaments. Yeah. Like, they're, oh, they're totally admitting that. Sweet, you wanted a fucking Muni course in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, have, have you ever looked at the bottom half of the live roster? Oh, it's terrible. I mean, fucking Pat Perez, Chase Kepka? Like, but Chase he... Kepka was ranked like 1,200 in the world when they brought him on. And he's literally only there for one reason. To be on fucking his brother's team. And, like, that's yeah. the other thing. Like, you're supposed to tell me, they're like, oh, but... But now people can get relegated out of the league now. Like, they're like, oh, that's the new talking point. It's like, oh. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure a fucking Chase Kepka finishes dead last for the year. They're going to be like, see you, Chase. And fucking Brooks is going to be like, oh, you didn't fucking play good enough, bro. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, Phil, you haven't finished in the top 20 in this fucking shit-ass league all year. <laughs> see you later, pal. Hey. Second at the Masters, though. Oh, God, it's amazing how he fucking just <laughs> dials it up every once in a while. Like, the fucking year he won the fucking PGA, I don't think he finished inside the top 20 in any other tournament that year. Yeah, he wasn't even a conversation for the Ryder Cup team. It's like, yeah, we can't take Phil. He yeah, just won a major, but fuck, we like, can't take fucking, Phil. Yeah, he won not just a major, he won the PGA. Like, the fucking major of the group that runs the fucking organization. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. All right, well, we're getting close to first pitch here. Yeah, we better get you boys out of here. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I'm on the bandwagon. Go Phillies. Uh, Red October. Here we go. Phillies hat. Let's go. Um, uh, any? I'll give you any parting thoughts you want to leave us with. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just really excited. I think Philly's got a good team, and I think the vibes are good. And I think we're gonna, think we're gonna keep going deeper here. I think it's. I'm excited. I'm excited. Can't wait for a hockey run eventually. Three, four, three, four more years. We're getting close. H-Man. Yeah, Phillies are looking good. Made their way through the Braves again. Shout out Jeff Sinovic. Way to go. 
<laughs> and everybody else in fucking Pennsylvania who's a Braves fan. God, that fucking pisses me off. Do you want to run through fan. just our friends that are like Braves fans? No, I don't want to give them the face. I don't want to give them the FaceTime. They don't deserve the recognition. <laughs> there's a there's also a lot of people I know that are Braves and Cowboys fans. Yeah, it's there's incredible. It's all right. I feel for them. Well, all right, boys. We'll we'll wrap this up. You guys can get over and uh, catch first pitch. So, T man, H man, good seeing you. Go Flyers. Go Phillies. Fuck your right. Eagles. Go Birds. <laughs> catch you later. <laughs> Okay, special segment, um, since we are doing a little NHL talk this week. Uh, tried to do, I was going to do the, uh, guess the NFL logos with the roommate back over here. Um, first uh, first video appearance for you, right? This is. You need to speak up. You... Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, let me just get right in here. Is that better? I don't know, I can't hear anything because I had to take my headphones off. Um, so we tried to do, we were going to do the NFL logo quiz thing. But she was way too good at it, so we couldn't make fun of her at all. She got like 28 to 32. So uh, since we were talking hockey with T-Man, uh, we were going to do uh, the hockey logo quiz guessing. So here we go. We're going to turn it over to her. We're going to share this screen. Maybe. Just perhaps. If it lets me. Woo-wee. All right, finally let me. All right, I'm gonna turn it over to her, and she's gonna go here. We're gonna we're gonna just uh, we're gonna just look look on here. You are up, roommate. Okay, I'm clicking it. I'm okay. You have to hit play quiz. <clears throat> oh, okay. Then you just start typing. Okay. Um, I don't know. It kind of looks like you know. Um, you also have a five minute time limit sure. here. Okay. It looks like one of those, like the little, like the, <laughs> one of the Greek gods, you know, I can't think of it. Um, so let's go with, um, let's go with the flying, flying, flying gods. Mm -hmm. Cause it, the little wingy. Mm -hmm. I think you have to enter when you do that. Okay. I press enter. Yeah. Okay, I think that's saying you're you're wrong. Okay, that's the. I feel good that this is the Boston Bruins. Okay, I feel good. So if you get it right, it just it'll just paste over. Oh my god, it's like a shark, like a torpedo. I'm gonna, like a sharp a sharpedo. Sharpedo. That mm -hmm. was your answer. Sharpedo. Yeah. What is that? That is nothing. This is this is not. <sighs> it's the frisbee. That is not, it's nothing. Oh no, there's two with the maple leaves. No, I felt really. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can get the maple now leaves. Your strategy's all fucked up. You only have three and a half minutes left. Okay, maple leaves. We're going to go, we're going to just go dump. That's not how you spell maple leaves. What did I do? Go did back. That's not how you spell maple leaves. That's not how you spell leaves. Just put an F and an S. Oh, this? I don't know. That's isn't that, I'm gonna go avalanche. Yeah. Okay. You're fucking flying. Mm. Problem is, you've only done eight teams in the first flying two minutes. Flying musicians. Okay. Um. 
Uh, that looks devilly. Devils. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's like a saber. The saber. It's a saber tooth tiger, right? Um, is saber tooth one word? I think so. Absolutely. <laughs> it turns red. Hmm. Does that mean I got it wrong? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a penguin. I think there's a penguin. Okay. 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 Good. I. Mm, um, Two and a half minutes. You're flag. halfway that's done. Me just because it's a flag color. Um, what is that? What 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 is that? Is that a fox? Like, but no. Is it a wolf? Is there another wolf? I'm gonna go wolf. I feel like there's a wolf. Wolf. Those are wolves. Mm, damn. That, the stars. Stars. Oh, really? That's their name. They're the stars. <laughs> All right, we know the they flyers. They used to be the North Stars. The Bisons. Mm. Okay, I can do this. Is the Blackhawks. <sighs> the Flames. Oh my God. What is that, a crown? So maybe Royals? There's a, there's a Royals in baseball. Mm, guess not. Hmm. <sighs> Minute 30. You got a lot left. You got to start moving. The C's. Okay. Uh, that's a knight. There's a couple things that could be the knights. That One of actually these looks has nothing to be right. like what the, the name of the Shut team. up. No, I'm saying oh, that's a, it's a, okay. like the logo is off. What is that? Like, what is that? What is that orange blob? It's a hockey puck and a stick. What is the orange? You have a minute left and you have like. How do you spell Tennessee? How do you spell Tennessee? I can't spell under pressure. It kind of looks like the state of Tennessee or Kentucky. What is that? What animal is that supposed to be? Is that like a cougar? No. One minute left. Got to hurry. Hurricane or whirlpool. Mm, why would it be? What is that? This? Was the hurricane? So this... you spelled it wrong. God damn it! How do you spell hurricane? Canes, canes with an S. We're getting that specific. That just looks. That looks like a like a drop of period blood. The periods. <laughs> 40 what seconds, is 35 this? seconds. Stars. I can't type fast enough. We're going to go stars again. That looks like knights again. Cougars. Um, The bolts, the lightning bolts. Ooh. Were they the lightning? Yeah. Mm. I can't spell that fast. Oh, mm. this is like... um. The Americans. I don't know. It looks very patriotic. She don't like the patriot. Oh my god! It's another little sharpedo. Sharks. Oh, oh no! I didn't even get to them all. You didn't finish. How did we do? Well, we wouldn't have gotten any of these. The Red Wings. That's a duck. It's. I think it's a D, like a flying D, like a wing. You were on the right track with the blues. Okay, leaves, like the... yeah. Avalanche, yeah. Blues, was I? Oh. You said like flying. Oh, oh it's the blues. Mm. You said okay. like flying something. It's the Predators? Rangers? Like, what does this even have to do with? They took out like the New York, right? It says like New York across the top and Rangers through the blue line. Well, but what is the symbol? I don't get no. it. Oh, it's a coyote. Stars, flyers, buffalo, saber. <sighs> Come on. Why does this website keep? How do you scroll? I think the did I accidentally? Out. Did, did you, I click on an ad? Did you do something? I might have. 
Oh. What did you do? What didn't I do? All right. You just control the remote. Yeah, you're not remote. very good at it. The mouse. Okay, Blackhawks, I got Flames. That's a dumb name. Oh, the Kings. That was, I think I was close. You said Royals. Not bad. That was close. The Canadians. Well, that's a boring name. The Senators. That's what I said. It's like a terrible, it's a terrible thing. That's a terrible name. It's a terrible logo. I didn't even know they had Senators in Canada. I'm learning, learning new things here. Well, you know, somebody. The Islanders. Oh, 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 that's the Island. Cause I was like, what is that orange blob? Minnesota wild. Well, I should have gotten that cause we live near Minnesota. Hurricanes, the Oilers, mm, never would have. Oil, oh. not period blood. Washington Capitals, mm, Knights. I'm oh, surprised I wasn't it didn't specific g- enough. I'm surprised it didn't give you that. Oh, that's a Panther. You were in the right animal class. Blue Jackets. It's the it's the Ohio flag. <clears throat> What's a Canuck? I have no idea. Hockey things. Is that like a whale? A dolphin, a shark? What is that? We don't know. It looks like a shark. I mean, it's out in the West. Vancouver's on the West Coast of Canada, right? Maybe that's that gives me whale vibes. Maybe. That gives me whale vibes. Is it a killer We're going to need to look into that. Winnipeg Jets. But but why? What is this? Like, why are Jets important to them there? Wow. I have a lot of questions. What's a Kraken? The Kraken. Like the multi-armed beast? Mm-mm, I don't know. Okay. And, but, like, what is, like, I guess, I know the ass is for Seattle, but I just. Um, yeah, the Kraken. It's like the eye is right there. Okay. Would you, you got 11 to 32. You did better than I thought you were going to do. I thought you were going to do bad. I didn't feel good coming into this. I didn't either. Because I don't watch hockey. The fact that you got, like, all the NFL ones was really disappointing to me when we started doing this. I don't this know morning. why you're not proud. You should be proud. All thanks to you. You're welcome. Skills I never needed to have. You got anything else before we let you go? No, I'm good. All right, people. On to the next thing. Okay, let's talk a little NFL. I'll try to keep this timely. We're we've been we've been going at a while by this point here now. So um I think the I think this the the theme from this week was the big dogs go down. Uh, obviously we still got the Cowboys and Chargers to go tonight. They're Sure, they're almost kicked off. 7.04 on my time here as I'm doing this. But, yeah, the big story, the two, you know, the two best teams in the NFC go down this week. Uh, the 49ers uh, go down to the Browns. And uh, Jim Schwartz owns Kyle Shanahan. Owns him. 8-1 uh, and one against uh, Kyle Shanahan offenses. Kyle Shanahan offenses are 1-8 and eight against Jim Schwartz. However you want to say it. I want to say 8-1 because Jim Schwartz, I feel like, deserves a little love in this category. Has held Kyle Shanahan offenses to 15.8 points per game. 320 total yards per game, which is not like a a small amount, but not a ton. And then uh, a third down percentage of 28% and averaging two turnovers a game in nine games as a head coach or an offensive coordinator. I mean, that's just domination domination and i'll tell you what it didn't look like that when the game started i wish i knew this stat before i had the 49ers in the parlay but here we are alas and you know it was it felt like it was going to be business as usual 49ers go right down the field 
Uh, Christian McCaffrey scores on a nifty little play. And, you know, they get up 10 nothing, And then all of a sudden, the, the, the wheels were coming off. And the, before, you know, the injury started, there just nothing was happening. And... You know, at halftime, it's 10-7. And then in the second half, the injuries show up. Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Uh, Debo gets hurt. Brock Purdy, pumpkin watch. We might be talking a little bit more about this now. I mean, that that was a pumpkin-like performance. 12 of 27 for 125 yards and an interception. And the touchdown was that little flip to McCaffrey. Uh, pumpkin watch on alert. On alert. I'm not going to just go crazy. Just yet, but uh, ooh, oofta, oofta, oofta. Um, that said, Randy Gregory did have a nice day for the 49ers, but also penalties killed these guys late. And uh, this isn't an original saw. I stole this from Pat McAfee. I was watching this at lunch today. They miss a field goal at the end of this game to win the game. And, you know, there's a lot of things here. It's like, the, it's the argument that I kind of hate sometimes, but like, if he makes that, Everyone's like, ooh, they squeaked one out. You always got to squeak a couple out a year. And, you know, no injuries is the other thing. Like, nobody knows. I don't think we've seen anything about McCaffrey's injury yet. Um, but it's like, yeah, they they make that field goal. And, you know, it's a kind of a different tone. Let's see. 49ers injury updates. Trent Williams also hurt uh, his ankle. Uh, both he and Debo had x-rays that came back negative. Oh, Debo got hurt in the first play of the game. He's day-to-day. Unsure. MRI results are waiting on it. We've seen those as of two hours ago. So, hey, they make the field goal, and, you know, there's a lot less discussion about them. They squeak one out. And, hey, they got one out. They, you know, sometimes you got to win these tough games. So, we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, if those three guys are all injured, there's – there's some question marks going forward, and, you know, I don't know that Brock Purdy, everyone thought, was the greatest quarterback. I think everyone thought he's very good, myself included. I thought he was an upper upper half of the league. I didn't think he was a, a quarterback you build your team around, but I thought he was a, a very serviceable quarterback, and you'd probably only upgrade him for a handful of guys. But, you know, if he doesn't have Debo and he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams isn't there and, you know, all these other things, you know, that there's some more question marks, and you'll have to see. Uh, the other great team that went down, the Eagles, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Take down the Eagles, hold them off after the Eagles go up 14-3, 14-3, early lead. And the Jets just plug away, plug away. Um, the Jets are 500, right? Not mistake. Yeah, the Jets are three and three. And this AFC East is as tough as we thought it was going to be. The Patriots stink. Let's, let's get that out of the way. That was on the, um, on the notes for later. The Patriots stink. Maybe, uh, maybe the, the better half of that faction was Tom Brady, not Bill Belichick. But elsewhere, I mean, the Bills, four and two. Dolphins 5-1. Dolphins look great after going down 14-0 themselves. There was a man who plays for the New York Football Jets. He was tossing a football around on the field. He's walking without crutches. The one, the only Aaron Rodgers. Like, is this a fucking possibility? 
that he could be back and playing if this team can like make themselves a playoff contender. <clears throat> if the season we're in today, they're in the hunt. There's way too many teams at like three and two, three and three to tell. I mean, so your four division winners are in, then you're looking for three more teams. So Steelers, Browns are three and two. Colts, Texans are three and three. Uh, Chargers could get the three and two tonight. Raiders are three and three. God, there is a lot of depth in the AFC. A lot of depth. And Jets are three and three. God, it's still a tough, tough task. Uh, I did make a note that Zach Wilson, is he looking better? Like, is he improving? Like, it's something we didn't think was going to happen. So, who knows? Uh, Bengals. Bengals also get back to 500 this week uh, after just a rough, rough start to the year. Uh, word on the street is Joe Burrow is healthy. Uh, and, you know, are the Bengals back? I mean, granted, they beat the Cardinals as their last win. They did beat the Rams, pre-Cooper Cup Rams. Um, they lost to the Browns, which in hindsight, maybe not that bad of a loss. Uh, also lost to the Ravens. Again, I don't think that's that bad of a loss, and that was a one-score game. Uh, getting crushed by the Titans was a bad luck. Uh, but a, a good win over the Seahawks. A good win. Um, so, yeah, back to back to 500 for them. And, again, all reports are that Joe Burrow is healthy for the first time. A, a win I don't know what to do with is the Detroit Lions. You know, uh, a twenty to six, a very convincing win over the line, or, over the Buccaneers, and I, 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 on my note, I wrote statement win question mark question mark, like it, it's beating the Baker Mayfield led Bucks a statement win. I mean, the Bucks have been playing some good ball. Baker's been playing all right, but like, is that something we're going to consider a statement win? And if you go back and you look at who the Lions have beat. Like, outside of the Chiefs in week one, and I'm not into, like, asterisks because a win is a win in the NFL, but it was a little bit of a depleted Chiefs team, so there's no asterisk, but there's just things to keep in mind. I mean, they lost to the Seahawks, and then they beat the Falcons, the Packers, who I think everyone and that's watching this would agree fucking stink. The Panthers, who obviously stink, and then, like, the Bucks. Is that is that a good win? Uh, they head to the Ravens next week. I think we're going to find out a lot. Um, host the Raiders. Nothing crazy there. Chargers, I think we're still learning. We're going to know more uh, here in about three minutes. Their game starts. Bears, stink. Packers, stink. Saints, not good. Bears, stink. Broncos, stink. Vikings, not good. Cowboys, we'll be learning, but I think they're I think they're decent. Lions, stink. They've got like two tough games left. The Chargers, the Ra three tough games, three like tougher games. The Ravens, the Chargers, and the Cowboys, and then they've got five games against teams who stink. Two with the Bears, two with the Vikings, one with the Packers, six because there's the Broncos, and I don't think the Saints and the Raiders are that good either. Like the the Lions, if they could steal a game from the Ravens, the Cowboys. Didn't, wasn't there one other team here? Or the Chargers? If they could steal a game of them, like they could legitimately go 14 and 3. I mean, for sure 12 and 5. 
Like 12 and 5 is in in range. And like through all of this, I'm saying I don't know what we're gonna know about them at the end of all this. I'm very confused about this team. Maybe they're the real deal. And maybe we'll find that out in the playoffs. I don't know. I just don't know. Um the Jags. I see them a little different than the Lions. I think we know a little bit more about them. Um, they beat the Colts. Again, not like this isn't a statement win, but they start out one and two. And, you know, they have a win over the Bills. Again, interesting scenario to keep in mind is that that was London. They were there already. The Bills came over. So, you know, there was that. Um, but, you know, they've stacked up some wins. They have losses to the Texans. And the Chiefs, the Texans are th- are 500 too, by the way, which is kind of tough to decipher. We're, we're in this spot in the NFL season where we, we're starting to see, but we don't really know yet. I feel like you got to wait till like week eight, week nine, week 10. You start to see what injuries are happening. Um, but yeah, so the Jags have, you know, a couple wins over the Colts, a win over the Falcons, and then a win over the Bills in London. So it's like they're four and two. They're starting to stack up some wins. They've got a little bit tougher, you know, schedule coming their way. They got the Bengals and the 49ers coming up, along with the Ravens, um, the Bucks, which again, we don't know who they are. But they get the Titans a couple times. They have the Texans. Again, they lost to them already. So, and they have the Panthers. So uh, another very interesting team that just kind of stood out to me. Um, I mentioned the Texans are back to 500. The Rams are back to 500. They've got Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua going. Stafford seems all right. Um, so yeah, it's we're we're in this interesting point of the NFL season where we like we're trying to figure out what everything means. We have no fucking clue yet, I don't think. Um it, it's really funny. Um Cowboys and, and Chargers tonight. That's a fun game. Um I, I'm excited to watch it. I need to wrap this fucking thing up so I can go watch it. I mean, we talked about the AFC East. The NFC West, it, it seems like it's the Charger or the Chiefs to win. Uh the Chargers can maybe find their way in. The Raiders are the Brian Hoyer led Raiders for, you know, the near future. The AFC North is one of the most interesting divisions in all of football. Probably the most interesting division. I mean, the Ravens, the Steelers have found a way to be 3-2, and two, and I think they kind of stink. Um, the Browns are, are are performing with, you know, Deshaun Watson out right now. And are the Bengals catching their stride? Um, the, the catch is the Bengals have a minus 27 uh, point differential. Um, you know... <laughs> In that division, only bested, only bested by the uh, the Steelers, who are minus. Hang on, let me do some math here. Um, I believe that's thirty one. No, that's yeah, thirty one minus thirty one at three and two. Uh, Jags are four and two. Colts and Texans both three and three. I think by the time the year end, the Jags, the Jags start to work away with that division. Um, Eagles five and one leading that division. Commanders three and three, Giants one and five. I could probably share this so you guys can see what I'm what I'm looking at here. All right, we'll pop that up on the screen there for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, Cowboys can make them uh, make a little bit of a move here as well. Uh, you go to the NFC West. I mean, again, the Rams. I mean, if the 49ers have injury issues, I mean, the 49ers have outscored their opponents as you can see there by almost a hundred points. At this point, that is wild. That's boat racing material right there. Um, but the Seahawks, they had a good chance to win that game and didn't yesterday against the, the Bengals. 
Uh, again, the Rams are healthy. The Cardinals, I think we all know, stink. The NFC North is terrible. And I just laid out the Lions' schedule. Like, they could win. I, I think winning 14 games isn't out of the question for them, and I don't think that's asking too much. And then the NFC South, obviously the Panthers are terrible. Um, Falcons, Saints, and Bucks. like, are these teams any good? I mean, that was a team, a, a division that MJ and I talked about. We're like, this te- division's not very good, but it's going to be interesting, and I think it's living up to that hype. I think we said there were a couple divisions. I think we also said that the AFC North was going to be a very interesting division. I think we even said the AFC South would be an interesting division. I think we flipped the Texans and the Titans. I think the Titans are going to be by far the bottom. And the Colts are and Texans are going to be kind of giving you a run. You can start to kind of pick things apart when you start looking at differentials at this point about, you know, teams with winning records that maybe are getting banged up pretty bad um, in the hindsight. I mean, the Dolphins have given up a whole lot of points. That's a thing. The The Patriots are getting doubled up. I mean, the Patriots are fucking terrible. That's terrible. Um, so, all right. I, I think we've I think we've covered enough on the NFL. Well, uh, I'm probably going to sit up and watch the Phillies game and the Monday Night Football, so we'll, we'll come back with a little something afterwards here. <clears throat> well, it's, uh, it's all over in uh, L.A. Stephen Gilmore with the interception to end it after a pass interference uh, call is one of the things that leads to the, uh, the Chargers' ability to tie it up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, a muff punt, a uh, Gilmore P.I. leads to that touchdown. Uh, when the, uh, the Chargers finally figure out how to score from inside the 10-yard line uh, for the first time in three attempts, uh, they finally get one in. As uh, Herbert finds Everett in the end zone on a beautiful little play, I will say. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, the Cowboys get it done. They go down, they get the field goal, and uh, they hold on. So, hey, there you go. Uh, a big win for the Dallas Cowboys. They uh, they go to 4-2, and two, I believe, right? Uh, make sure my math is correct here. I think that's correct. Um, tough loss for the Chargers, who were two and two coming into the day. Uh, gonna gonna make an uphill battle for them. Um, so uh, good win for the Cowboys, uh, and it uh, it keeps them keeps them in the hunt in the uh, in the NFC East. Um, elsewhere, Schwarberbaum to start the game. Bryce Harper. Uh, Finishes uh, finishes out that first inning with another home run of his own and then drives in another run later in the game. Hits us with the uh, the 31, blowing him out the candles. And the Phillies take game one. Uh, the Rangers also take game two tonight as well. So the Rangers go up to, can you take me high? Uh, Rangers fueled by Creed. Uh, but yeah, the Phillies in, in another electric atmosphere at Citizen Bank Park. They are five and zero, five and zero there now this year in the playoffs. Maybe the the best home field advantage in in Major League Baseball uh, in the playoffs in recent memory. I I would have to double check that. I haven't been following playoff baseball too intently the last uh, until the last couple of years here. Um, but yeah. Uh, quite the night, quite the night, good sports night, really enjoyed it. Oh, I saw one other thing. I have to dive dive back into golf because I saw this. Uh, hang on, let me find it. Um, Kyle Porter 
shared the data golf top 20. And there weren't a lot of live guys in it. I think Cam Smith was the only one in the top 20. And he was getting roasted, roasted in the in the comments. He's, and like all these people are like, oh, it's all bias against live. Like it literally doesn't have anything to do with bias. It's math. And that's that was his comment. So he tweeted out uh, to everybody tagging me and mentioning me how crooked these rankings are. You're not arguing about the subject subjectivity of an organization or whether or not live is valid. You're simply yelling about math. Like that's one of the beautiful things about data golf. And hey, there are um, you know, externalities, uh, intangibles to every sport, no matter what happens. Like sometimes dudes just show up when it matters. I mean, and while we're talking about a, a live in, in general here, Brooks Kepka is an, a thing to this. Like the dude had more major wins than PGA Tour wins at one point. Um, he just showed up in the big events. Like that's always going to be a thing. But like Golf especially, like, you can just kind of boil things down to stats. And that's what data golf does. It's not like some, you know, argument for or against live. It's just saying, like, here's what it is. And I'm sure I, I can't, you know, I don't know this for a fact. But, I'm like, part of the thing is, like, just amount of play has to factor into that. I would guess, but I don't know. But people just love to get fired up over this stuff. So, I know that's it. I did see, and I... I I forget where I'm going to put this. This is going to, this should come after our conversation with uh, Troy. And I, I kind of went off at the end of Like they won't ever, you know, they said they're going to do relegation and they never get rid of Chase Kepka. Apparently he's in the bottom four right now or whatever the relegation is. I saw a, a, like a, a graphic on it. Hey, maybe they actually will. Maybe they will. I doubt it. Maybe they will. So if they do, I, I will retract uh, my previous statement about that they never will. But, uh, yeah, let's just wrap this thing up here. Uh, we'll continue on to the rest of the pod. But uh, good night for the Phillies, good night for the Rangers, and a good night for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's keep this thing rolling. All righty. Let's, uh, let's talk some college football now. Uh, tough one for, for Penn State this weekend. Uh, 63-0 win over UMass. Ooh, real tough contest. As you know. I have a, a deep hatred for, for games like that. Um, so just just glad we're through that one. You know, that tough, tough fucking matchup. Um, but, you know, there's an actual matchup this week for Penn State. It's where the rubber meets the road. Uh, it, it's time. We, we got to know. Uh, it's Penn State, Ohio State, in Ohio State. I think I, I looked it up last time. I think the last time Penn State won a game in Ohio State was 2011. That year was really weird. Um, I, think, I think it was post the Joe Poth stuff, and I believe, I believe Luke Fickle was coaching, uh, was coaching Ohio State that year as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I don't even count that year. Like that year doesn't even count. Yeah, that was the last year we beat him at all. Was in 2000, uh, other than 2016. Sorry. Last beat him in 2016 and that magical, magical game that was. Uh, and then the year before, the time before that was 2011. Oof, duh. Um, so the, the real last time we beat him in Columbus is uh, 2008. Let me see if I can find out. 2011. Yeah, 2011, rivalry hit by scandal. Um, 
Oh, it was after the Terrell Pryor and proper benefit stuff. So um, Tressel resigned, resigned. So 2011, that was the, the leaders and and something else thing. Yeah, Luke Fickle was named interim coach after uh, for the season after Tressel's resignation, and Tom Bradley was coaching uh, Penn State uh, after Joe Paul started nine games into that year. Penn State was like undefeated until they lost to Nebraska, I think. I think it was at the Nebraska. I think it was at the first game after Joe Pa got fired and they lost to Nebraska. So, yeah, there, I mean, there's just been, you know, year after year of disappointment with Ohio State. One point losses. One point losses in fucking football. One point losses in 17, which was the. Inside handoff from the goal line like three times a year. They got up big in that game and blew that. Um, then a one-point loss the next year in 2018. Uh, you know, 2017, Penn State was ranked number two. Next year, Penn State was ranked nine. Ohio State was four. Uh, 2019, just, you know, more of the same. Penn State ranked eighth in Columbus. Ohio State ranked number two. Can't get it done. Um, it, it, just, it just never stops. It never stops. I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Ohio State. I, I I don't know what I don't know what to think about Penn State. Honestly, like who have they played? Iowa. I mean, Iowa's uh, their only law. Lo- Iowa's only loss, but like they can't fucking score. I mean, what is Iowa's record? Like, who's Iowa played? They're twenty fourth in the country again. By the way, that was a. I think that was a big win. They were talking that Iowa beat Wisconsin. Because if it does play out that Penn State loses in Ohio State, but beats Michigan, and then Michigan beats Ohio State, that would be all the home teams winning in those scenarios. It comes down to weird tiebreakers, and Ohio and Iowa beating Wisconsin was beneficial to Penn State in some way. That's all I got for you. That's all I know. All right. So, Iowa. Let's look at Iowa's schedule. Uh, 24-14 win over Utah State. 20-13 win over Iowa State. 41-10 over Western Michigan. Lose to Penn State 31-0. 26-16 over Michigan State. 20-14 over Purdue. And then the the 15-6 win in what was a game that I can only describe as awful from the little bit of what I saw. Uh, they beat Wisconsin, uh, um, Wisconsin, yes. So, I don't know. And, I mean, what's the next best win? West Virginia? I mean, how is West Virginia? I don't even I don't even know that I've seen anything about West Virginia since. West Virginia is four and two. They have uh they they just lost to Houston this week. They did beat TCU, Texas Tech, and Pittsburgh, as well as a, a tough game in, against Duquesne. So I don't know, man. I'm not optimistic. I just, history tells me there's no reason for me to be optimistic. I've been hearing this is a different Penn State team, but I don't know. Prove it. Prove it. You want to be a different Penn State team? Go into Columbus and and beat beat Ohio State. I mean, the last time they did it, the last real time they did it was 2008. I remember watching that game. Went to a haunted house afterwards, I'm pretty sure. Terrell Pryor was sitting there with his hands in the head. I think Penn State went down and scored late with the backup quarterback who ended up going to, like, Delaware. What was his name? Now I got to know this. I can't remember his name. 
Uh, A.Q. Shipley was on that team. Derek Williams was still around. Were all those receivers still around? They must have been. <laughs> they lost a fucking at Iowa by one point. Their ability to lose games by one point is incredible. So McGloin was a freshman. It wasn't him. Daryl Clark was the starter. John Kelly? I thought it was somebody that was like a... He was like supposed to be like a quarterback prodigy. Is there a game summary? Here we go. Pat Devlin. That was what it was. Pat Devlin. Did he end up going to Delaware? Yep, he went to Delaware. I knew it. And he scored, yep, a QB sneak from the goal line. Man, Navarro Bowman was on that team too. That's a good team. That was a good team. Who else was on that team? Derek Williams, Deion Butler. Derek Moy was a freshman. He was solid. Evan Royster. He never really turned out to be what I think they thought he was going to be. Well, okay, I've rambled on enough about past. So, Penn State, fucking be somebody for once in your life. Um, a team that was somebody was Washington State this weekend, despite despite trying to lose it by running uh, inside handoffs out of shotgun on the goal line, or pretty close to the goal line, fourth and one. Uh, luckily, uh, Oregon gave them another chance, went for it from their own 48. Uh, maybe a, a, a touch aggressive. I mean, he was aggressive all game, Dan Lanning. I know a lot of people are, are up in arms about it. Um, but, hey, that's, that's what happens sometimes. If you, you be aggressive, it comes back to get you. Uh, Oregon apparently outgained UW by 100 yards, had no turnovers. No turnovers. That's Yeah, that's a tough loss. That is a tough loss. But uh, a good win for the homestanding Washington Huskies. Washington Huskies. Fourth down inside the 10-yard line twice, that's right. And then uh, late in the fourth quarter from their own 48 with just over two minutes remaining on the clock. It's tough, though. You punt it away in that situation. They come down and score. You're getting ridiculed, too. It, going for it on fourth down the goal line and not getting any points out of it. So um, Then there were some good evening matchups. The home teams were dominant in that. Oregon State and North Carolina win. Um, good, solid conference wins for them. And then Notre Dame puts it on USC. Caleb Williams, uh, not his finest hour. That'll happen, though. Uh, that'll happen. Uh, but let's talk about other people that had not their finest hour. NBC. I know you've heard me talk about this before. NBC stinks at Saturday Night Football coverage. That's dog shit, man. Like, awful. The announcers were terrible. I guess it was uh, Jack Collinsworth, is Chris Collinsworth's son, and uh, the one and only The Clapper, The Clapper, Jason Garrett. They were terrible. It felt like they didn't want to fucking be there. And somehow they have this thing where they like mute the crowd. It sounds like the announcers are on a soundstage and they've just kind of got like, I'm as a boxing fan, there's sometimes when there's like overseas matchups that aren't big enough to, to warrant sending like the announce team there. So the announce team like watches on TV and calls it, but then the audio is like all fucked up. Like that's what it sounds like, but I'm like 99% sure they're there. And this is like Notre Dame's like big TV deal. Like this is NBC's thing. How is it so bad? 
It's fucking terrible. It's a disgrace. A disgrace, I tell you. A disgrace. But yeah, in all honesty, like, it's annoying. Like, it's not the end of the world. But it sucks. Like, put out a better product. Like, seriously. Come on. Uh, some good matchups this weekend, though. Obviously, uh, Penn State, Ohio State kicks it off. Uh, you know, these big, big 10 matchups. Uh, I believe the Michigan game with Penn State is already scheduled for 11. And I think Michigan, Ohio State's always at 11. They're that noon on the East Coast. So um, elsewhere, though, Tennessee heads to Alabama. That's a ranked matchup. Tennessee 17. Alabama's 11. So that's at uh, that's at 2.30. Um, North Carolina is under the top 10, by the way. Just want to point that out. And then, oddly, oddly, Duke and Florida State. Duke is a 16. Ranked team in the country. Duke. There's a possibility that by the time Duke and North Carolina get together, their rankings for their football matchup are vastly better than their matchup, their rankings for their basketball matchup. I think Duke basketball is going to be decent, but I think North Carolina stinks. Um, but all nice and spread out. Duke's at uh, 630. Alabama, Tennessee's early. And then you got uh, Utah at uh, USC in the 7 o'clock window, 8 o'clock for you folks on the Eastern. So uh, a couple of nice matchups again this week uh, with, you know, a game to, to lead the day off, you know, not being a Penn State fan, but, you know, if you're just looking at it as a football fan, that, that has serious national title implications to it. So uh, looking forward to another good week of college football. So fun one this week, too. Time for some passing thoughts. Uh, so I've, I've probably talked about the, the Phillies game. I'm, I, I plan on staying up here um, and watching that game and the, uh, the, the, the football. But just a couple other thoughts on MLB playoffs. Uh, the Rangers win today as well. They're up two nothing now in the in the ALCS over the cheating Astros. So good to see that. Um, I, I, I've told you I'm all in on the Phillies. I, they've been so fun to watch. They took down the Braves. I love that. So three um, one victory there. Um, Rangers ran through the Orioles in a sweep. Diamondbacks sweep the Dodgers. Um, the Astros beat the Twins. And now there's there's no teams left with more than 92 wins in the playoffs. And it's a very uh, interesting, interesting thing to think about. I got a, I got a thing here. I'm going to find it, but it's interesting to think about. Does this, uh, I mean, this was on 10, 12. So that was what, four days ago. It's like Thursday. Uh, teams with 92 plus wins were one and 12. Um, teams with fewer than 92 were 12 and one. So, I mean, the, the Braves and yeah, that didn't change. There was just one extra loss. So, I mean, there's questions about the playoff system. I think you got to relax. I mean, I know having a week off in baseball is not the most ideal thing, but I think we need to relax and see what happens. I mean, last year it was split evenly. It was two wildcard teams and the two top two teams in each each side. So, you know, there's there's some discussions to be had about the format of the playoffs. I mean, it's tough to imagine the MLB walks us back, like those wildcard series. That is just free money to them. And, you know, it's not like they let a lot of teams in the playoffs already. And the the money those teams get from getting in the playoffs and the extra series and the extra TV money they probably get, like, I can't imagine these guys are walking that back. But, I mean, it's going to get discussed. I just – I think maybe, you know, pump the brakes, have discussions about this year, but, like, let let a year or two more play out and see what happens. Um, I think one thing that really needs to start getting discussed, automatic strike zones. I mean, the technology's there. Just do it. Like, 
you know, and, and I watched a lot of baseball this year. Like I watched a hundred plus Cleveland games, I think. Maybe not a hundred, maybe 85, 90s. I, I watched a lot. It, it could be a hundred plus. I mean, there are legitimately every night two to three pitches that are horrendous calls. And it's it's an impossible job. I don't know how they get it as close to right as they do, like honestly. But why there are people, and I have friends like this, and they're like, I'm, I, I posted in my, my group chat, and I was like, why don't they have it? And they're like, game, the game is played by humans. It should be, I'm like, that's stupid. That's stupid. I disagree. Like, we have a chance to get it right every time, and we're not doing it? It makes no sense to me. Now, hey, maybe the logistics of it are, are there, like, but I would, ha- I think they're doing it in the minors. You can't tell me they can't just hit it. The pitch comes in, there goes a buzz, and you know someone's here. Strike ball, strike ball, like, and you keep the the guy there for the ump there behind the plate. But I don't know. It just seems like we're missing an opportunity to make something perfect and have it work all the time. And you know, if the fucking shit malfunctions, you got the guy behind there. I don't know. Um, what I do know about is the fucking Rangers. It's really no doubt they're up 2-0. They're fucking blasting Creed. Can you take me higher? Fucking Creed's leading them. Fucking Phillies are probably fucked because they make the World Series. Fucking the Rangers are going to be there. The Rangers are going to be there. No chance. No chance. Um, speaking of things, fucking the Phillies are up 2-0 already. Let's go. Um, speaking of no chance, things I thought had no chance. I thought Lexi Thompson had zero chance of making the cut this weekend. And she put together a hell of a run and was inside the cut line. And having one of the best days on the course at one point on Friday was like four under. And I think it was two or three under for the tournament. And was inside the cut line by a couple. Had a couple of whoopsies coming down the stretch on the par threes. Finished one, I think, one under on the weekend. Uh, Tom Kim ended up winning. God, I love that guy. Um, the, the the length of the par threes just got her. Like, it finally showed up. Like, she's 240-yard and 260-yard par threes. Like, got her a little bit. But that was a hell of a fucking showing by someone who's not really dominant on her own tour. And, you know, someone I've been pretty I, – I was pretty critical of that she couldn't answer a fucking question about flubbing a chip in a huge match in the Solheim Cup. But good on her for, for doing that. Um, so, yeah, uh, we mentioned Liv won't get OWGR points. I, I got to tackle this one. Like, this, this, this annoys me. There was a ruling against Trump from some judge that he had overvalued his Mar-a-Lago property I think he valued it at like $500 million. And this judge is like, nope, it's worth $18 million. And from what I understand, this lawsuit is saying that he he falsified records and defrauded the bank who gave him the loan by overvaluing his properties so that he could have collateral to get this loan. So there's, a, there's some things at play that, from my understanding, if I'm wrong, I, I've looked into this, you know, high level, but the loan is paid back. You know, he's declared bankruptcy a number of times, but not this time. He paid this loan back. So the, the bank made money. If he paid the loan back, the bank made interest money off it. <clears throat> and, like, 
I don't know where this narrative is that like when you get a loan from a bank, you get to set the terms. You know, maybe you can negotiate if you're a, uh, you know, a, a, you got a lot of business with the bank. You're very wealthy and you're, you're going to do a lot more business with them. But like banks aren't into the business of losing money. I know they fuck up from time to time, as we've seen multiple times in, in recent history with different different scenarios. But like if I went to the bank and I was like, oh, I'd like a loan. My house is worth $2 million. They'd be like, fuck you. It is not. So like I don't get this idea that like Trump went to the bank and was like, hey, my place is worth fucking $500 million. And they're like, well, it's probably worth 18, but if you say so, Mr. Trump, like that just doesn't happen. Like for me to get the PMI removed on my house, they had there had to be it had to go a certain time so that the value to loan ratio reached a certain point, or I could pay myself. I could pay for someone to evaluate the the property value to say that the property value had gone over a certain percentage to remove the PMI. So, like, I don't know where this idea is out in the world that, like, just because Trump told the bank the place was worth $500 million, that they just were like, well, we'll take your word for it. We're not going to do any due diligence before we give you a bunch of money. Like, it's the most ludicrous thing in the world. And then this judge is like, oh, it's it's only worth $18 million. Like, how fucking big is this place? Like, let me see if I can find the size. I mean, it's a 62,000 square foot mansion. That's been converted to a club. How many acres is it on? I mean, it's directly on the ocean. Assessed by Palm Beach is having a county having a value from 18. I mean, yeah, whatever. Trump's 427. Like, that's a big difference. But I mean, let's see. Let's see if we can find the acreage. Mar-a-Lago acres. It's 215 acres. No, that's. It's 20 acres. It's 20 acres. Good Christ. Not to mention all that the they probably had to do for the Secret Service to get, like, to make it, like, usable. Like, there's no way. There's no way it's $18 million. And I just, again, I just don't get this thought that, like, the banks are just like, well, just take your word for it. Yeah, my house, fuck, my house is worth $3 million. I want a fucking big loan. God. All right, let's move on to funner things. Uh, NXT on Tuesday was bumping. John Cena, Cody Rhodes, Biker Taker showed up. Braun Breaker sounds exactly like Scott Steiner. I know that's his uncle and Rick Steiner's his dad, but Jesus, he just sounds like a Steiner. That was cool. 
I liked it just when Taker comes back now. He's Biker Taker. I'd been hoping for it for years. It's too bad we didn't get to see Biker Taker when he was in a little bit better, uh, like, physical condition. We've only got him when he's pretty rough now watching him. Like, And credit to Braun Breaker for selling the fuck out of that choke slam. Like, that's all on the dude taking it. Uh, and at this point, yeah, I don't think Taker's doing much, but goddamn Braun Breaker sold the fuck out of that. Um, speaking of, 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 you know, fighting and entertainment, there was just an awful boxing card. KSI and Tommy Fury and then Logan Paul and Dylan Danis. Like, I didn't watch it. Thank God. I read Twitter. It sounded like a fucking disaster. Dylan Danis is fucking trying fucking jujitsu moves. Tommy Fury's beating fucking KSI in a disputed fucking decision. And then he's like, oh, I'm the king of this crossover shit. Congrats, man. You beat fucking Jake Paul and KSI. Like, you're supposed to be an actual boxer. Like, fucking congrats. Congrats. I beat the six-year-olds at the golf course, too. Like, woo! Like, Jesus Christ. Um, How about this stat? Uh, I, I saw this on Dan Levitard. I saw a clip. I don't watch Dan Levitard. Let's make that clear. Um, but Tom Brady never took a snap when his team was eliminated from playoff contention. Like in the radio season. Like they were never, ever, ever eliminated. I think they made the playoffs every year too. But, you know, obviously. So that was crazy. Um, let's end with these two. Let's end with these two. Uh, first of all, made some homemade chicken sandwiches. Deep fried chicken. Um Hot honey, Kadari Brown, delicious. I think her TV show is Delicious Mrs. Brown or something like some. It, it, she's got a show on Food Network, and she she made her own hot honey fried chicken sandwich with pimento cheese after Chick Fil A made theirs. So we tried it. Tried to heat the oil up on my Blackstone so I didn't have to do it in the house, and got one of those tins, you know, those 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 disposable tins. Uh, could not get it warm enough, so it was it was no good. Um, so <laughs> fucked up a couple pieces of chicken. Finally had to come inside. Got it right though. When we came inside and did it on the stove, just had to stink the house up a little bit. Was ah, muy delicioso. Um, couple couple of chicken breasts. Ended up slicing in half because they were long. So double stacked them with pimento cheese on the top and bottom of a nice toasted bun. Ah, chef's kiss. Um, so the trials and tribulations were real. Uh, the roommate was uh, was there with me, helping me figure it out because. I was really hoping I didn't have to muck up my inside and have the, the oil splattering and stinking up the whole place. But we did, and it worked out. Um, so it, it was it was delicious when we finally got there. And, and we'll leave you with this. Uh, Michael Mann has confirmed his next project will be Heat 2. So I hope to God that comes true because Heat is awesome. All right, let's go wrap this up. Closing time, everybody. Um, as always, I just want to, you know, say a big thank you to everybody who's, uh, who's hanging out, watching, listening, sharing, commenting, subscribing, you know, all those good things. Um, but again, I appreciate all you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it to the end of the year. I'm like, I always say I'm having a blast with this. Hope you guys are having some fun too. Um, a big thanks to, to Troy and Hunter, T-Man and H-Man, the Gordon brothers for coming on and joining me, talking a little hockey, talking a little Phillies, talking a little Eagles, a little, little bit of everything there this week. Um, and as always, huge thanks to producer Kevy, uh, gets this thing edited up for us. So thank you very much to him as always. Um, back next week, more football, more baseball to talk about, uh, as well too, hopefully. And, uh, may have a guest, may have a guest again. We'll just have to. Have to make sure everything works out. So uh, hopefully we see you all again next week. Till then.
Peace.